everybody, it's Kelly with Cindy Me, and today I am joined by Joe Sanok. Welcome. What's up, Kelly? Joe has been on our podcast many times before, and we first met actually on LinkedIn. Joe is the owner of Practice of the Practice and the author of Thursday is the New Friday. Congrats on the new book. Thank you so much. Yeah, LinkedIn, that was a bit ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long, long bit ago. Um, and since then, I think both of us have gone through selling our practices, building our coaching um, practices, and now you have this book out. Can you, Let's talk about why this book and why now. Yeah, I mean, Thursday is the new Friday is all about the four-day work week, which I think is the kind of natural next step in the evolution of business. Uh, for a lot of us, we've been trying to work less and be smarter with our work anyway, but it's taking kind of all these concepts that that I've been teaching or learning uh, and bringing it all into one book. Uh, you know, like less than a hundred years ago, Henry Ford started the 40 hour work week and it took off. And that was a big step at the time. But, you know, in reality, we're past that. We don't think of people as parts of a machine anymore. We don't think like the industrialists, except for our maybe school systems. Uh, but, you know, we think of people as being much different and broader than just how the industrialists looked at people. And so I feel like the four-day work week is getting a lot of steam right now. So uh, I'm not the only one talking about it, which is really exciting. <laughs> no, you're not. But I think, too, that uh, technology has really especially with the pandemic, has really shifted people's awareness in terms of what takes up their time and where they can cut time. So a lot of therapists have been, uh, for example, not commuting because they're doing telehealth and things like that. And so when we have less of that kind of noise, if we have that kind of privilege, we can kind of shrink even more easily, maybe even shortening the days more. So how long have you been doing the four day? Well, you do more time off than four days, but when did you start doing the four days a week working? Yeah, it was, it was actually after our very first most awesome conference. And you can take credit mm -hmm. for a lot of this uh, <laughs> because I remember you took us through a guided imagery where we looked at our ideal day and it was right when I had left the community college and said, you know, I, I don't want to work five days a week. Uh, but then when I really think about it, it's sort of like, you know, there's times in life when we maybe lose our way away from how we were originally. Uh, back in college, I remember my academic advisor saying to me, hey, you know, make whatever schedule you want. And I was like, wait, so I don't have to go to school on Fridays? And they're like, no, do whatever you want. And, and so even in college, I had three-day weekends all the way through. And then my first job, I negotiated a four-day week. And, and then I kind of got into that whole achieving that we need to do in our early career. Um, but then when it was time for me to look at my own schedule, I said, let's test this out for a summer. And I did it for a summer. And after that summer, the profits were bigger and better than, than what it had been when it was five days a week. And so I kept that and then kept the experiment going. I remember the conversations around it. And I remember when you first started doing it. I think for me, yeah, same. I, I, I don't think it's natural, honestly. And if, even if it's five days a week you're working, I don't think... 40 hours is necessarily natural either. And it's something that we've been talking about with our team since we have employees and such, you know, looking at what's really essential here in terms of in order to get the work done, to do it well, and also to preserve our lives and our happiness and our health, you know, and I offer to our team, if they want to do four days to do it. 
Um, and so we're looking at some other new ways of structuring as well so that um, it's equitable for everybody um, across the board. I don't think I've worked, I work a Friday, maybe like twice a year uh, during our boot camp, but beyond that, I really try not to at all. Um, and that becomes my me day. What do you do on your Fridays? Oh man, I did a date day with my daughter, Lucia, the other day. We biked downtown and mm -hmm. we went out for food and then went to an arcade and played skee ball. And I she hit the 50, ball. she hit that 50 at the very Eight. top, like four times. And we just <gasps> erupted. And it was like, oh, <laughs> um, I don't, for, for me, I always try to schedule out my Friday for, so that I don't get sucked back in. Cause I think when you're an entrepreneur and you're always thinking and brainstorming, it's not like it feels like work anyway. And so if I get sucked into planning something that's work related, it doesn't feel like work. And so if I schedule things in like a date day with my daughter, or I'm going to go paddleboarding with a friend, or even just, I'm going to go grocery shopping, even though I sure I could use shipped or something, but to just get away and go do something, um, that to me makes it a lot easier to have that boundary of, you know what, I've scheduled breakfast with a friend and a hike. And so I'm going to go do that and then a bonfire with the neighborhood, um, then I actually do it. And that's more my personality type. Some people don't need that level of structure or boundaries. But for me, I definitely need to have something in there mm -hmm. uh, to say, this is what my Friday is going to be, even if it's just a to-do list around the house. For me, it's nice just to not have, it's the one day where people don't need something from me. <laughs> Right. So like Monday through Thursday, I have a team that needs something or I have clients that need something. And on the weekends, the family and friends need something. And Friday is kind of the quiet day of where it's just what do I need? You know, um, it's more heavily focused on that for me as well. So why do you think that when you decreased the time that you work, you made more money? Yeah, I think when we focus on the things that are top level, then we're just focusing on the biggest and best use of our time. So you know, if I take the 20 things in a week that I would have done over five days and say I have to cut out four of those, um, I'm going to cut out the four worst things, the things I really probably shouldn't be doing anyway. I'll drop the ball intentionally on just that crap that I shouldn't be wasting my time on. And so then I'm more efficient in, in the things that I do need to be doing. And then I saw the results in that compared to, you know, just outsourcing or eliminating those other things. So I would actually argue that then you're able to focus in on the best use of your time by giving yourself less time and allowing yourself to drop the ball. Because uh, I think what happens is a lot of high achiever types, they'll feel like I have this whole to-do list and I have to get it done or I won't feel satisfied on the inside. And so I'm going to work when my kids are in bed and then I'm going to work before my kids get up. And then next thing you know, you're doing 50 or 60 hours a week. But in reality, those are things that you probably shouldn't be doing as much. And so by setting those boundaries, um, it forced me to be okay with the undone uh, and, and to actually like sit with that and say, okay, enough has been done. I can sit with this until Monday. Mm -hmm. It's about really <laughs> the good enough. We talk about that as parents, we talk about that as partners, but also as a business owner. I also was gonna, I was thinking back to when I had a clinical practice since the main people that listen to this podcast are therapists. Um, and with, I had four clinical days, my working on the business would go into the fifth day. So I had to get down to like three clinical days 
so that I had a fourth day in there to work on the business and still had a free day. Um, otherwise there's that scope creep, right? Like if you don't have the boundaries and you don't protect it, there's all this time that kind of gets sucked up by the business. And so making sure that the clinical caseload, whether you're the owner of the practice or uh, like a group practice, or you are a solo practitioner, you're still going to need time to work on the business. But oftentimes we think in terms of clinical hour, like, oh, I only work three days a week, but really, no, you're probably working way more than that because you're doing marketing or you're playing on your website or all these other things. And we're talking about the entire enchilada, the whole thing, the whole package of like, what does work look like and where does it end? Um, because it's not our all identity either. And so I just, I, I see that a lot in clinicians that there's that spillover because the clinical work is taking up more days. Um, and when so you think about the systems you have to set up to go from four clinical days to three, it's going to force you to say, like, do I want to be on that really crappy insurance company that pays me $87.12? Do I want to raise my rates? Do I want to have better systems so I'm not answering every single phone call or email? Um, so then if you're going to pull it in, if you still want to make the same amount of money and you're not going to do a group practice or something like that, and you're just looking at your own clinical time, you then have to figure out how do I make more during those sessions and have a cleaner system. So when you pull it in, it makes you more efficient, more optimized and mm -hmm. to make more per session as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to note, like we don't do it alone. I, I always had a solo practice. You had a group practice, but even in my solo practice, um, I never had a VA or anything like that. I kept my practice down to three days and that was it. And then I had Zinimi that I was always doing. And in Zinimi, I had people, we've had people helping us like an assistant. And now we have a full team and that's what enables us also to work less, take off more time. You know, like I've taken off months a year um, and you do the same as well. Um, but it, there does come a point where you hit a, a ceiling, I think, that you do have to bring in support if you want to pare down even more. Yeah, and I, I don't know about you, but I think that creative time or that time away um, almost like resets my brain to come back in a, a different way. Like even if I'm doing a Sudoku and you know, I've been struggling with it and then I walk away and I come back to it the next day, it's like, why didn't I see that too? It's like right there, <laughs> you know, it, in mm -hmm. the same way in our business, it feels like, you go away, whether it's for a long weekend or, you know, for a month or whatever your period of time is, you just come back with totally different eyes to the problem and you just solve it quicker. I agree. I, but I also think it's a great comparison. Like when I'm traveling and then I come back and I'm like, when I, when I've traveled sometimes, for example, when I've gone abroad, I have worked when I was abroad, when I was in Spain, you know, for a month, half the time I was working and that forced me a new way to figure out how to work, especially with the time difference. And I thought, man, a lot of the stuff I'm doing, I don't need to be doing. Um, I really like having these boundaries around the way I do coaching or whatever. And like even changing environments and, and those kinds of things can help you be more creative. And that comparison of like, when I'm traveling, I notice I really like doing these things, even if it's not work related. Well, how can I have more of that in my business so that I'm enjoying it more? I mean, this is like burnout prevention in a lot of ways. We are burnt out because we're doing too much and we're feeling like we have to do all the things and 
be on all the platforms and work all the hours. And well, I think it's also so often we think, well, I'm going to go relax because it's going to help my business. Well, what if you just need to relax? You know, you know, what if you just want to go paint a picture mm-hmm. and there's no business outcome for it that life doesn't have to just be. I'm making money off of my practice and the things we choose to do in our time away from the practice doesn't always have to be a one-to-one of well, a benefit for the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, naturally, like whatever benefits you will benefit your business naturally, right? But having that intention of just like enjoyment and play and pleasure is important. But I think it's important to also have in our business, like, are we playing in our business? Are we having pleasure? Are we making room for more fun and and enjoyment? Or are we grinding into the week so that we need a weekend to recover? Like, I don't know if that was really the best for weekends to recover. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I think, I mean, it's interesting when you look at it from a mindset of, I'm going to just burn myself out for five days and then I'm going to barely recover over the weekend, you know, Friday night and Saturday. And then by Sunday morning, you're like, crap, I got to go back Monday morning and, you know, people overeating or drinking or not doing what their brain needs versus, well, let's start with the weekend and say, how do we help our brains be as ready as possible for Monday morning? And like, what does my body actually need? Uh, and can I pay attention to that? Because uh, I think for so long, a lot of us overvalued work and undervalued fun uh, because it was an ego thing. I mean, society is like, what do you do? Who do you help? I mean, that's every so much is around our career. Um, and to say, like, is that what we think is healthiest? Like, I'm not going to teach my kid that all they are is their career. So then why would I believe that myself about my own career? I think, you know, there, if you are like working in a job and you have this whole, like you have to work uh, your 40 hours Monday through Friday kind of thing, there is an opportunity here to advocate for something different. But then while the reason why we go into private practice is because then we can create from the ground up something that is better. And so I think that this is a great idea to start with instead of doing like what some of us have done, where we replicated oppressive systems and capitalism in our businesses. And then we have to go back and undo it. If you are starting right now, listen up to this concept because it will save you a lot of stress. If you can start doing more of a minimalist approach and saying, what's really essential here? Do I really have to work this much? Why is this the standard? And is it, is it still necessary for my vision for my business? Well, it's really interesting because October 5th, the book comes out, but October 15th, there's all these national strikes that are being planned around workers' mm. rights. Um, and one of the demands is the four-day work week. I'm like, well, I couldn't have planned that better. Um, <laughs> but it was like, but I mean, to say there are these systems that have made it that people get trapped in these like dead-end jobs and they're just used. And I mean, to say this, this is very similar to 1886 when the Haymarket protests in Chicago really started the conversation of moving away from a 10 to 14 hour day, six to seven days a week that almost to the day, 40 years later, Henry Ford then enacted the 40 hour work week. And so I feel like this conversation really is starting and it's coming from a place of we just went through this crappy pandemic. We all said, wait, we don't have to do it the way that we've always done it. Um, there's many different ways that we can do this, that, that work 
can look different. Uh, and that we're in that messy middle as we leave that industrialist era and say, we don't want those oppressive systems. We don't want to have more pain given to people um, than is necessary. And we also want to be our creative best selves, no matter where we work or what our social status is. Uh, and can we do that working 40, 50 or 60 hours a week? Probably not. Uh, that's mm -hmm. probably not going to, for society, be what's best for, for all humans and for all creativity and for coming up with ways that we can combat all the social issues that are going on right now. Uh, it's probably not when we're all burned out and maxed out. Mm -hmm. So in the book, what do you think, because this is a book that applies to all kinds of entrepreneurs, but being a therapist, what are some key takeaways you think that therapists can learn from this book? I mean, I think there's quite a few. Uh, I really tried to have it be more of a menu than a prescriptive plan. I think there's a lot of books that are on the productivity side that are that say, do this. And then people fail at that and say, well, but that doesn't match who I am. And then there's a lot of books on the self-development, calm down meditation side that uh, don't necessarily help with productivity. Uh, and so my hope is that it kind of merges together. So the, the first key takeaway is talking about the internal inclinations uh, where we really examine ourselves first to look at the, the big three inclinations that kind of top achievers have. Uh, so the first one is create, or the first one is curiosity. Uh, the second one is having an outsider's perspective. And the third one is the ability to move on it. So research shows that top performers have all three of those naturally, but then there's an assessment in the book for you to discover, does this happen naturally in me or does it need some work? And so then to not say it's pass fail, you don't have it. Okay. I guess you're not going to be top entrepreneur, but okay. If you don't naturally have an outsider's perspective, what can you do to have more of an outsider's perspective? What environments can you put yourself in to see the diversity in the world? What sorts of things can you do to foster a sense of outsiderness and uncomfortable uncomfortability to be able to really see the world through different people's eyes. Um, so being able to do that, um, I would hope that therapists are able to say, okay, I'm gonna foster those different things within me that maybe need a little more fostering. Mm -hmm. uh, the next section we move into um, is talking about how really for us to kill it, for us to speed up, we have to first slow down. And you and I saw this at Slowdown School where you know we, we went hiking for two days and brought in massage therapists and yoga teachers. And then by the time it's time to actually work on your business, your brain is so primed to work on your business because you've slowed down first. And so for a lot of folks um, that are friends of ours that came to slow down school, they saw that as the springboard where it's like, why am I not slowing down for a couple of days to genuinely let my brain recuperate? Um, so that I would say is the next kind of big takeaway. Uh, and then the third one would be um, to be able to identify your sprint type. Uh, so within the book, I talk about sprint types. Um, so often we hear you should batch everything. Um, but actually, the emerging research looks at a few different areas where um, if you don't know how you naturally tend to work, um, you're going to feel like, oh, I'm not good at sprinting. I'm not good at batching. Uh, but there's actually different sprint types. So then identifying that so that when you're actually going to work on things, you're going to get things done. Yeah, I think that's important. All brains are different. We have a range of neurodivergence and it's important to, I think business is your biggest personal development course. And the way to learn is that awareness of what you need and how your brain works. Um, but also carrying in awareness of like your experience, um, your own privileges, marginalizations, and those kinds of things also, I think influence um, how we are shaped and what we need in order to heal those parts um, and to honor those parts because they are important and valuable as well. Um, and so even if it's not 
four days. Maybe you're a person who works shorter days. Maybe you're a person who works only three days. I mean, it's more of the concept of doing only what you need to do and, and coming out better for it and having a better business for it. Sounds like. Yeah. And and I think that the four day work week is the next big step, maybe in the evolution of business, but that doesn't mean that's how it has to be for some people. There there are certain industries that will never have a four day work week. You know, we want ambulance drivers 24 (laughs) seven. We we might want to look at, should they be burned out and doing, I don't know, a 12 hour shift. That's probably not the healthiest way of doing it for for such an intense job. Uh, But it's starting the conversation as we're leaving the industrialist era. I think there's going to be lots of ways that people experiment and whether it's in the book or kind of through the website, uh, we're watching how people are experimenting and coming up with their own ways of implementing it. Cause, cause you're right. It doesn't have to be a four day work week. It's more that that's the best metaphor for yeah. kind of leaving the industrialist era. Uh, so for some people it's, you know, they want to take off Wednesday. And so they work two days, take off Wednesday, then they take off Tuesday. So, mm-hmm. so Wednesday is the new Friday for them, you know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so uh, just being able to evaluate is the work I'm choosing to do the best work that I should be doing? Uh, can I give other people the opportunity to do the work that I enjoy? Uh, I even think about like Sam who works with me. Uh, every year I ask my team three different questions of what do they love doing? What do they hate doing? And where are they headed? Where would they like to get extra training? Um, so that they can evolve within the business and so, instead of just, here's how you were hired. You got to you know stay in this fit position. The cog, yeah, fit the yeah. like you know, I don't know, the yeah, cog to the, the wheel and that's how it goes. Yeah. And you just stay there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only way to make money is to be a supervisor. What, what if I don't want to be a supervisor? What if I right. rather do other things? And, and so, you know, for Sam to be able to get some video training and video editing to say, that's something I'm enjoying doing. And then at one point she said, I don't want to do podcast show notes. I find it really boring. Okay. Let's find someone else that loves doing podcast show notes. Now they're really excited about it. So then we have a team of people that are all doing the things that they really want to do. And they know that if if they find something that they don't like, they're not stuck in a dead end job. Instead, they can say, I'd like to really have somebody else take this off my plate. And I'd like to add this in um, to create the exact position that I want. I mean, isn't that's what we all want. We want to be able to do the work that we enjoy doing instead of just being stuck. That's why we all became business owners. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was tired of being told what to do. I know. <laughs> well, Joe, how do people find the book? Yeah, the book is available um, on October 5th, uh, anywhere fine books are sold. Uh, but if you want to pre-order it, you can order that from wherever you do your online ordering, uh, whether that's your local bookstore or Amazon or wherever you want to order it. Uh, and then if people purchase it ahead of time, they can always uh, submit that over at thursdayisthenewfriday.com. We have a form there and access to a mastermind group and some kind of other things if people buy five, 10 or 25 books uh, we're also doing a free giveaway through the Zinni Me Instagram, um, where you're going to be posting a picture um, around Thursday is the new Friday. And so anyone that uses that hashtag Thursday is the new Friday is going to be eligible for um, one of the 10 audio or eBooks that we're giving away through HarperCollins. Awesome. Well, congrats on the book. Thanks so and much, congrats Kelly. congrats on uh, changing things. It's not always easy when, especially when you and I kind of have some similarities and like, we like to do things well. And we like to do them fully. And sometimes in the past that has meant us overworking. Um, And um, I've watched you really grow and change in this area. And it's been beautiful to see. And I think uh, I appreciate that we spur each other to be better in 
and really taking care of ourselves, our families and our lives while doing a business that makes a great impact. Cause that's really important is, is leaving for me, leaving a legacy. And so, um, yeah, and it's neat to see this come into fruition in this book. Oh, thanks so much, Kelly. I just yeah. value our friendship so much. Yeah. So you guys check out the book, check out our Instagram, and you could uh, get in on some of those giveaways. And if you like this podcast, please share it. Um, we can change the way we do mental health care. We do not need to be overworking, and we love helping you really realize what is going to work for you, creating a business that you love and a life that you love too. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for being here, Joe. Thank you.